I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Today, myself and Simon reacted to Manchester City's dominant victory over Arsenal as Pep Guardiola's side took a huge step towards another Premier League title. I caught up with City defender Kyle Walker following the game at the Etihad, and we hear from fans of both clubs. Plus, following Chelsea's fifth straight defeat, we ask what on earth is going on at Stamford Bridge? So, I mean, this morning... You must be knackered. Uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll get to that. This morning, I formally pushed myself in front of you to be your agent because <laughs> I, I was at the Etihad last night. I had Manchester City fans at me. I had um, Arsenal fans in the train going up at me. And you are the topic of conversation. You are lauded and applauded. I just needed you to know that, even by That's City nice. fans, because you said a few days ago, what was it? They play beautiful football. They do. And boy... Did they pick up on that? And last night, Simon, I have to say, they did just that. They did. It was an absolute honour to be there last mm. night to watch it firsthand. Um, even though I, I knew what was coming, I didn't get back down here till about 3.30. But it was worth it. It's worth it, Simon. Yeah. This is something special going on. Yeah, I mean, the framing of the initial um, inset was, uh, did we see a golfing class? In that game, we did, yeah. I don't think we can say we saw a golfing class over the entire season. Otherwise, Arsenal wouldn't be top of the league still. True. But we saw a golfing class. And there's lots of reasons for that. I think the two main reasons are under the names of Kevin De Bruyne and Erling Haaland. Um, but notwithstanding that, and I also think that Arsenal were the architects of their own downfall in that game. But there's also the fact that City were so very good. And when you've got players, you know, I think Carl Walker's an outstanding player. Yeah. When, you've got, when you've got full-backs that can do what he does, and when you've got players in the middle of the park, like Rodri, that can give accesses for people like, Har you know, um, De Bruyne to spring off, yeah. they, were, they are a remarkable side. But Arsenal will look at themselves and think, you know, we did make it easy for them. You know, we got a centre-back in Rob Holding that I think needed to be more physical with the, with the opposition and get a little bit more in their faces. Um, and Arsenal, you know, were were made to look 
something that they've been very rarely made to look for some time, which is yeah. a sort of average pedestrian side that didn't have many ideas, couldn't find an out ball, and didn't compete. And that's not the Arsenal that we've seen for the last... That's right. Certainly not for the last eight months. So many eyes on the game last night. I saw Patrick Vieira there. Yeah, um, I saw him win the same suit as Martin Keown. A for, former Rangers boss Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was there. Uh, Noel Gallagher, of, of course, yeah, was there. City that, fans but... out in force. Arsenal fans were as loud as he could be. But, of course, it was a long journey back for them. But I did witness something quite incredible. I want to thank Ernie, the steward, who stood by me throughout the game then took me down at the tunnel afterwards. Uh, Stuart Pearce sat beside me. Uh, he was in co-commentary with Sam yeah. Matterface, who was absolutely outstanding last night. And Stuart wrote down during it, you're witnessing footballing excellence. Yeah. And that's what it is, Simon. Yes, it, yes, yes. It's it, that good. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. there was an element of someone saying here, and one of my friends as an Arsenal fan was texting me last night saying, this is men against boys. And to some extent, it was. Yeah. You know, Arsenal, I do think, and it's easy to say, and I'm not suggesting we give anybody excuses, but I do think there's a loss of Saliba has destabilised them defensively. And I don't want to just pick after one player, but I do think, with due respect, that Rob Holding isn't good enough to be able to make Arsenal compete in these individual games. But all of them out there, yeah. you know, when you give away the third goal, you've got Odegaard giving away a ball for no reason. He yeah. wasn't under that much pressure to pass the ball straight to a Man City player. Bang, 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 goal. They were the architects of their own downfall. And I would have liked... What I was looking forward to, I was hoping for a slugfest. I was hoping for two yes. powerhouses to go yes. one another yeah. and land blows on one another. But from the first whistle, and it could have been eight. It could have been oh, eight. Yeah. And eight yeah. wouldn't have been an unfair reflection of Man City's dominance yeah. and the chances that Haaland had and created. And you've got players like Grealish that are doing different jobs now that are, you can see. This is what coaching excellence does. Mm. It doesn't just pick the best players. It enhances the best players. This is what coaching is. This is what Conti isn't anymore. Yes. Or yeah. wasn't at Tottenham Hotspur. You get Jack Grealish. We all know he's a stylish, effective player. And now you've got Jack Grealish that can do stuff defensively that you would never have envisaged that he'd have done anywhere else. And that's down to Pep Guardiola. That's right. Um, I get into the mindset of the City players afterwards, and I think you'll enjoy this. So Kyle Walker, who looked as if he could play another 90 minutes yeah, at the end of the game. He's a specimen, isn't he? He is something else. So Kyle trots over to me, enjoys the show, and I'm delighted about that. And he stood there and he told me what it's like to be involved in this city setup. I mean, tune into this. It will give you an idea of where their minds are. But first off, I said to Kyle, well, 4-1, how was it for you? Obviously, it's great. The build-up to the game is obviously everyone puts their little bit of spice on it and everything but we know what we needed to do today uh, that was get the three points it's against a tough tough team and a, a team that's been flying um, so to come here get the three points it's vital but we can't rest on that we need to make sure that come Sunday now we can go and get maximum points at Fulham and then we can say probably job done Did it feel like just another game or was it more than that? Because you know how this was being built you have to treat it as another game. I don't think you can treat it anything different because then the occasion starts to play with you. I feel that the lads in the dressing room or, you know, me now included, we've been here before. We've, we've done this and we've picked up points when we've needed and we've been chasing teams down when we've, you know, it comes the crunch time of the season. So to get this, as I say now, to get this was great, but we can't rest on that. You know, the Premier League is, it's a mental league. It's mental. <laughs> and um, there's going to be a twist and turns in it. But hopefully now we've got this momentum, now we're in a good form, we can you know, really go and you know, take advantage of, of the victory tonight. Kyle, did you think Arsenal would bring more tonight or were you determined that if they did, they wouldn't show it? I feel from the game 
at the Emirates, obviously, their crowd's up for it, they're pumped and, you know, I think it was two different games. The game at the Emirates were a bit of a chess game where we kind of got a goal, luckily, on the break uh, from Kevin. Today, I think we utilised the big man really well. You know, we probably played a little more, bit more direct than City's normally used to playing, but sometimes when you're against top teams, you have to turn them and, you know, use our strengths and our qualities to our advantage. How is it as a unit? You seem to stay so relentless. Well, that's what we, we asked to do by the gaffer. If we didn't, I think we'd be sat down next to him. You know, he's got such high standards for us as players and we as players have high standards for us. We know what we can achieve at this club. So you have to stay as a unit, both attackingly and defensively, to make sure that, you know, come the end of the game, it's a team game. As I said in, in there, we're not playing tennis. It's not a solo game there. You know, one player goes and wins, unless you've got, you know, maybe Erling or Messi or Ronaldo, you know, it takes a special player to go and, you know, win you the game. So you all have to chip in, whether that's defensively or offensively. I, I watched the gaffer, as you call him, on the sidelines. He's quite unforgiving, isn't he? He's, he's on to you if anything, in any way in his eyes, isn't what it should be. Yeah, sometimes when you make a mistake, you don't want to look to him because you just know <laughs> <laughs> you're probably going to get pelters. But that's, that's his expectations. He's managed some great teams and, you know, managed some great players as well. So he, he was a great player himself and he's got high expectations. And we should, you know, demand that we set this bar at Manchester City over the, you know, the six seasons I've been here so high. Um, so we shouldn't let that drop. Do you feel unstoppable, Carl? We're in a good rhythm. I always say you're as good as your last game in football. You know, you get so many critics that, you know, you're fantastic one week, you're terrible, get out of the club the next week, and that's just how football is. So, listen, we're in a good rhythm, but we're, we're only as good as our last game. Today today has been good, but I, I say it again, Sunday, it's vital. We go there, we, we take the three points because... You, you pick up three points against Arsenal and then go and lose to Fulham or get a draw, which is not going to be good enough. Um, you know, it's going to say what a waste of a night that was. The prize is huge, isn't it? This would be a fifth Premier League title in six years. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, to be up there with the lights, I think of John Terry and stuff like that who have won five Premier League, you know, for the amount of years that they've been in the Premier League. To win five in six years it would be a great achievement. But... Um, Listen, we're not over the line there. We're in a good position now. We've put our foot firmly in the race and hopefully we can, you know, go and seal that now. Am I allowed to mention the word, the T word? No. Treble? No. Oh, I said it, Kyle. Listen, it's a, it's a game at a time. It's a game at a time. I'd be very arrogant or something. It's something that we're in all competitions, so we're fighting for it. But, you know, I, I just want to concentrate on Fulham now and then after that we'll, we'll move on to the next games. Kyle Walker, mm -hmm. he, he would have stood there all night. He was he was in great form, and yeah. he's he, that that is instilled in all of them. Yeah, we're certainly not talking about what we've just done. Yet we enjoyed it. We won. It's on to the next game, and mm. it's Fulham at two o'clock on Sunday, and he means it. Yeah, well, I mean that's the attitude that's been installed into them by the elite coach. These are elite players playing for arguably the best club in Europe and potentially the best club in the world in terms of its achievements and its opportunity to achieve something quite remarkable that's only been done, uh, you know, 23 years ago by Manchester United. Yeah. And you look at it and say, look, I mean, Carl Walker. The, the irony of Carl Walker is some of the off-field stuff does not align. With, when you listen to Carl Walker, when I listened to him in Qatar, I was remarkably impressed with him, the nature of the way he spoke about the England setup, yeah. the expectations of the game and what he was going to be, have to do to be able to deal with Kylian Mbappe. And you listen to that, and that's a very educated, balanced, 
extremely talented footballer talking about a culture inside a football club right. that is without, right. whether I like the off-field stuff and you know I don't about oh, yeah. some of the stuff about Manchester you cannot argue with what they produce on the pitch the or bulk, he's bulk right of the up time. there Simon there he is he absolutely. is right up there so Arsenal fans uh, how are you feeling and of course um, it hasn't gone unnoticed that Martin Keown was there and there's one of many messages coming in has anyone heard from Martin Keown maybe the Arsenal fans weren't ready for the love of the battle Arteta <laughs> needs to tell his players he loves them more that might help yeah. ha 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 he's in counselling oh, giving dear. us some welfare counselling welfare or, or counselling. maybe telling Arteta calling Arteta boss oh did he apparently <laughs> Okay, well Mr Keown is with us tomorrow Ah. so we can get our teeth into him uh, and anything that goes on around him tomorrow but this morning it's all about what we witnessed last night Manchester City, you've got one hand on it surely, surely I mean Kyle Walker quite rightly would not be induced by me into talking about the treble far from it, he's talking about winning at Craven Cottage at the weekend this mindset, I mean where do they get it from it is quite special what's going on there Danger Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Tonight is about accepting uh, that this is the level, and this is the level that we have been competing, not tonight, but in the last nine and a half months. And if we are here, it's for a reason, and, um, and the players deserve a lot of credit to do that. But we have to move on now and go back to our level because we weren't there today. Mikel Arteta. Uh, I stood yards from him last night, Simon. He faced up to it and he, he said it as it is. Yeah. Um, th- this is reality of it. They've got to go on with it. That's off the back of, of a 4 1 lesson from Manchester yeah, City last he night. He also, and I think he was absolutely right, he said Manchester City were very good and we weren't at our level. Yeah. So you can't have that gap. You cannot have that gap between the two sides because it will get exploited. And we were lucky to have gotten away with the result we got away with. Yeah. And I think that's a fair analysis because ultimately, if you confront the truth, people can deal with the truth and then they can build from the truth. And Arsenal won't win the league this year now, Man City will. But what they'll do is they'll gain a lot of strength and a lot more support from those above him to be able to supplement his playing squad. And I believe that Arsenal will have a very good chance to win the league next year. And the future's still bright totally. uh, for, for can, them in, ha, in your ha, eyes. How could it not be? Yeah. I, I don't think we should price, price in the analysis of others that say that if Arsenal were given an opportunity to finish second in the league or to, to a season turn at Man City, they'd have taken it at the beginning of the season because they've been on top of the league for so long. And it's not this game against Man City that's taken away their opportunity. It's the games against West Ham and Southampton. Yes. And they have yeah. to look at themselves in those games. Right. Not right. this game. One thing, Simon, is they left last night, they left in the knowledge that they're back playing Champions League football for the first time since the 2016-17 season. Yeah. So, I mean, that was officially confirmed last night and I, I, I'm i not sure if that went wholly unnoticed in a lot of Arsenal fans as they left the Etihad last night. But the bottom line with Arsenal this morning is no matter what happened last night, and they were in the wrong end of a 4-1 result. Is the future still bright? Raj, big Arsenal fan. You're first up, Raj. Good morning. What's your take on it? Is the future bright? Uh, morning, guys. Love the show. Thanks for having me on. Um, Thanks, Raj. I was, there last night. I was there last night. The future is bright. And I tell, you, I tell you what, when they came out second half to kick off, I said to the guy next to me, it's like if someone put a mirror on the halfway line, their 11 versus our 11, it was like we would be looking in the mirror, looking at what they're doing, the way they play, the way they play through the press, the way they play out the back, the way that they, the intricacy things to get out of tight spaces. We were doing all that beginning of the season. The difference now is we're, we're blowing a lot. We're running out of steam and we ran out of steam. And they've just got better players and better positions to do it. And I think when you look at the futures bright, you will get back. But there's, 
there's probably like one thing that he needs to do um, quite quickly is he needs to look at another option up front. We don't have a plan B and City didn't have that, you know, uh, when they were playing with the false nine. And as good as Jesus has been for us, we need a big lump up top to hold the ball down, bring in other people in and play a different style. And we'll yes. play Champions League next year. Yeah. We can't play with just one route of playing where we've got all those extra games it doesn't work yes and um yeah Raj I want to ask you you were amongst the Arsenal fans were you behind the goal right yeah yeah yeah, so so in the first half City were playing towards you right were you not utterly amazed at the pace of of Haaland and De Bruyne who were running directly at you they were running towards you right I mean what was that like uh, touching Haaland play people need to realise that we're very lucky to have someone like that in our league he's a complete freak of nature the fact that he looks like he's jogging and I remember in the first half Benoit had the ball or at right back or Holding did so Holding had the ball in the corner and he's jogging and then he sprints oh, yeah. and Holding's looking at Ramsdale going do I play it back no I'm just going to put it out the throat I remember that Raj yeah and, and, and things like that. And, and the other thing, the other point I wanted to make as well, that people will keep saying about, you know, you don't, I've been going to the Emirates and I've been going away. You don't win titles by letting in goals. And it's not even a coincidence that we've gone very shaky at the back, conceding goals at set pieces, Ramsdale making the error that he did against Southampton. There's one reason for that. And also for party playing badly. There's one reason, even linked to Zinni, it's because they've not got Saliba. When Saliba's in there, yeah. that composure, that Rolls-Royce, and if he's there, Ramsdale doesn't make that pass in Southampton. No, good first. point, Raj, good point. Well, uh, out of the bad comes good because you've made Champions League football for the first time since 2016-17. Uh, Raj, thanks for that. Dom, another Arsenal fan. Were you there last night, Dom? Uh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't make it. Uh, I had to watch it on TV. Okay, um, okay. So what's your take on it? I mean, is the future still bright? I think the future is still bright, yeah. Um, I'm not going to put the narrative out that no one expected us to be where we are, etc., etc. I mean, I, I think that that game was possibly lost before we even started because um, maybe, you had maybe. on TV saying say in their back line there's no left footer, so they're obviously planning something. Now, what they were planning was to build up with a 4-2-4 from the back. Now, that's something that Pep hasn't done this season. He's just not done it. So Arteta wasn't expecting that. So we set up for how Man City normally play. And that's why the first half went how it did. In the second half, um, we had obviously had a chance to change it. Um, and it was a, a little bit better. Mm. Um, but I just feel like Pep's tactics were absolutely spot on. Oh, they were, they, they were indeed. I, th- I think we witnessed something special last night, Dom. Thank you for that. Nick, another Arsenal fan. It's good that you're coming on this morning. Because obviously you still feel buoyed up by the fact that you've given it a serious tilt this season. You are still in it and you've got Champions League football ahead of you now, Nick. So the future is bright, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I think I'd just like to say I'm really proud of my team, Arsenal, as well as um, Arteta for giving us, uh, let's say, our Arsenal back. Um, I think the league this year has been particularly poor where we are the only team that have come out and tried to compete with City. When you look at the game tonight as an example between Man United and Tottenham, who have just fallen away. Chelsea have just fallen away. 
you know, if you've got money in this league, you will you will do well. And I think the next big hitters to come through will be Newcastle. Well, now, but Nick, I'm before proud, before you go, I want to put this to you. And Simon's got the message in front of him as well. This is Jack, an Arsenal fan. This narrative's tiring, guys. I, I don't know why the, the media are bending over backwards to defend Arsenal. They bottled it. They bottled it. Um, I don't think I don't I don't I don't think we I don't think we bottled it at all. We competed. Look, this in a, in a league or when you have competition, you're supposed to compete, and we competed. Now, if you look through the I league, agree. if if we don't compete, who competes with them? Who is going to actually compete with Man City? Do you know what what lead would we have had? Nick, that, what, that's such what, a good question. Here's Simon. I mean, Simon, what a good question from Nick. If it wasn't for Arsenal... Yeah, this might be one of those seasons. Yeah. When Man City run away with the league because you didn't expect the other runners and riders and see Liverpool and Chelsea decline the way they've declined. And there was an element of... There was something in the question that was asked by the individual that tweeted it about why aren't people questioning Arsenal. Yeah. Because it's not this game against Man City. It's not losing to Man City that will have taken away their opportunity. It's the three games that preceded it. Liverpool, West Ham and Southampton. They should be having at least four more points out of those games. At least. Yes. If they had four more points out of this game, that result against the Etihad would have been a body blow and a little bit of a psychological battle, but they didn't have to play Man City again, so it would have been incidental. They'd still be in control of their own destiny. They'd, They'd have been on 79 points as opposed to you know, 73, and they'd still be in a situation where they could control their own destiny to some extent. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. All the talk last night as we left the Etihad was, God, how good were City? But I did hear murmurings, what? Chelsea lost again? Again? They were up against Brentford at Stamford Bridge. And yes, under Frank Lampard, it doesn't improve. Uh, Of course, uh, Graham Potter is long gone. He's out of there. (laughs) Lampard's in, but Chelsea under Frank, since he took charge, five games, five defeats, nine goals conceded, one goal scored. 
This was Frank post-match. You're a Chelsea fan, you've been used to 20 years of success and you used it and you want it more. And I've got no problem with fans booing. I'm not sitting here to go against the fans and say, you know, don't boo the players. You're, you're throwing that question out there. Absolutely not. I'll defend the players because I know that they're young lads who want to do well. Is there a, an, an issue with confidence? Yeah. Is there an issue with the balance of the squad? Maybe, yeah. When I, you say I'm exonerating the players, far from it. I'm just supporting them in the fact that they, they're in there disappointed because they wanted to win that game today and they performed, in my opinion, like they wanted to win it. Are they short on confidence? Yeah. Are we dynamic enough in the final third? No. Have we been for a long time before I came here? No. So those things are not things that are going to turn overnight. So um, we have to keep working. But I understand the fans are, are booing. I don't think anybody's saying they can't believe that's the case today. They want us to win. And when, they, when we win, they cheer. And when, when, we, when we lose, um, I can absolutely understand and be disappointed. Simon, I like Frank. I think you like Frank. I want Chelsea to do well for Frank because I know he gives his best in everything that he does. But he says, you know, the Chelsea players are disappointed. No, the Chelsea players, Frank, are disappointing. Yeah, the fans. That's right. Disappointing the fans. I mean, look, we can talk about lack of confidence. You know, we have to listen to what these players are and how much they want and who they should be and where they are entitled to and how they are this and how they are that. And then the moment adversity comes, are they short of confidence? When adversity comes, what you do is you overcome it. You don't succumb to it. You don't make excuses as to the reasons why you're getting it. And I don't know why anyone, including Frank, felt that anything was going to materially change when he came through the door. Because without wanting to speak glib about it nothing's changed in fact it's probably got slightly worse but no one saw that coming did you think it would get worse I didn't think it would get any better I didn't see the point of Frank Lampard in this instance I see the point for Frank Lampard because in some parallel universe where in Narnia someone came along and actually subscribed to the view they were going to be Real Madrid maybe he could have had a Roberto De Matteo moment but that's that's a flight of fantasy this is not good enough. This group of players are not performing well enough, irrespective of whether they can't score goals because they haven't got a number nine. That's not good enough. That's not a good enough excuse. It's not a good enough reason for churning out week in, week out, week in, week out performances that are substandard from players that are supposed to be better than this. And we're not just talking about young players that are coming in that we're going to build for the future. And if that's the way Chelsea want to operate, that's their gift. And if the fans want to tolerate, that's their gift too. But there's players out there that have got significant... Premier League experience, not just young players that have been bought for the future that will take a period of time to settle in. These are players that have been acclimatised to the Premier League. These are players that have got lots to say for themselves. Thiago coming out in the press telling everyone how they should be doing it better whilst repeatedly putting in performances that are part of a team that loses week in, week out. Mm. And there's no sense of awareness, the self, the lack of self-awareness about what they're supposed to be producing. Brentford, and in fairness to Thomas Frank, he remarked upon the fact that coming here and being beating them season back-to-back seasons in the, in, at Stanford Bridge is a wonderful thing. He obviously denoted that Chelsea are in a difficult moment. But this is a remarkably difficult moment. A remarkably difficult moment. Yeah, they're because in free fall. They can't buy a pound for a fiver. They can spend money like it's going out of fashion, but they can't buy anything substantial like an outcome. If you're right bullied, now. you bring in Pochettino today. Well, if you've made your mind up about Pochettino, and that's the decision that you've made, because you know my views are slightly different to others about the outcome that Pochettino will bring in the longer game, but if, you're, if you want to start contending again and start it now rather than wasting time, allowing the rot to set in, allow narratives to be built up, allow people to build upon um, the foundation of discrediting your ownership, I would want to stop that now. I would want to stop it now. I would want to stop it in its tracks and go, right, OK, pivot. This is what best people do. And I'm, no doubt Todd Bowley, given the economic position he's put himself in, oh, yeah. will find the levels, right? But what you do in business is if you've got it wrong, you pivot. You pivot. 
and you pivot into a better outcome. You don't just settle into the outcome that you've got and say, I tell you what, here's a populist decision. I'll bring a legend back so I can destroy his reputation as well because he can't help himself. He thinks it's an opportunity. I'll put him in the firing line. He can stick his head in the lion's mouth and we can all sit there and laugh at him as well. It's you've, got, you've got me thinking of that scene in Friends when the guy in the sofa down the stairs, pivot, pivot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I think you're right. I think you're right. And there's a message that's right up your street. Simon and Dorset, no leaders at Chelsea. Suggested Simon that leadership is a scarce commodity uh, these days. Now, you are always banging on about leadership. Because it doesn't, because the challenge for me in society that we live in now is people A, can't disagree without having to descend into bun fights and being rude to one another, or B, can't stand up to criticism. And criticism that's constructive and fair is building character because we can't just tell people when they're good and not be prepared to tell them when they're bad and not be prepared to hold people to account, not be prepared to put people in their place, whether it's politicians putting civil servants in their place because they don't do their jobs or it's football managers concentrating the minds of players. Yeah. That is why we don't have leaders because if you dare look like a leader, it, you'll be one of two things will happen to you. You'll be pulled down by the society that we live in or you'll be discredited or criticised for having the courage of your convictions to stand in front of someone and say, that's not good enough. Got you. That's why we don't have leaders enough. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show.